The first reading today comes from Psalm 104, verses 10 to 18. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. The second reading comes from Mark 14, verses 22 to 25. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. The third reading comes from Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me and for letting me also preach this sermon series to the whole church for the next uh, three weeks. And I've titled this series, Grace That You Can See, The Sacraments and the Christian Life. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about the series as a whole and why we're doing it, but I want to begin with uh, a story from Mary Carr. Uh, that's with a K and two R's at the end. Uh, Mary, she is a poet, an essayist, uh, and an English lit professor in the States. And I want to share a bit about her story. It begins a bit sad, but then eventually ends with a happy ending, just up front. Uh, but she has written a lot about growing up in a gritty and industrialized part of Texas. And she had what we would say today, a troubled childhood. Memories of the police in the middle of the night trying to find her and her sister a place to sleep. Memories of her dad preparing her how to lie to the town's sheriff about where he was on a certain day. And she writes that when she was 14, it all became very much and too difficult. And she tried to end her life with medication, but failed. And she fell very sick and her parents came home and they didn't realize what had happened and they just thought she had food poisoning or had eaten something bad. And so her dad asked her what she wanted to eat. And all she could think of, all she could stomach was a plum but she knew that they weren't in season, and so she went to sleep. Well, the next morning, her dad marched into her room, 
still wearing the same clothes from yesterday, holding a basket full of plums. And he poured them out all over her bed and explained that he had driven all night interstate to where the plums were available and back just so that she could have them. And she writes about this experience of eating that first plum, and I quote her. It's when you sink your teeth into the plum that you make a promise. The skin is still warm from riding in the sun in daddy's truck, and the nectar runs down on your chin. And you snap out of it, or are snapped out of it. Never again will you lay a hand against yourself, not so long as there are plums to eat and somebody, anybody, who cares enough to hold them to you. That's how you acquire the resolution for survival that the coming years are about to demand. You don't earn it, it's given. Mary's reflections on that morning and on eating that plum are obviously quite moving. And I can think of no better story as we begin this series on the sacraments, on baptism and holy communion. Both of these things were given to us by Jesus himself, and they have been observed and kept and treasured since the very start, even before he went to heaven. The traditional and churchy definition of a sacrament is a physical and visible sign of an invisible and spiritual grace. And Mary's story of the plum perfectly illustrates what it's getting at. Right In her greatest moment of weakness and need, it wasn't just a plum that she ate. It was a physical and visible sign of an invisible, unconditional, undying love of grace. It was proof to her that there is someone in the world who cares enough about her. And it pulled her out of her bad place. The water of baptism and the bread and wine of communion, they are physical and visible signs of God's invisible and spiritual grace to us. They make real in us what we cannot see what we could never earn, but is freely given to us. And that's why I have titled this series, Grace You Can See. And so why would we want to uh, do a series on this? Well, I think, first of all, it's very interesting because what you believe about the sacraments is really the meeting place of all your beliefs about God and the world. What you believe happens at a baptism really says what you believe about how grace works and what human nature is like. Whether you believe we should have communion regularly or only just a few times a year also actually reveals what you think human nature is like and how it relates to God and the spiritual realm. The sacraments are the meeting room of all your beliefs about God and the spirits and the material world and how they interact. But it's also good to reflect on this because Jesus says it's important. In our readings, Jesus doesn't say, hey, if you vibe with this, then you know, maybe, maybe you can do it. 
he doesn't even give the choice to opt in or opt out. He says, go into all the world and baptize. Do this in remembrance of me. Drink this in remembrance of me. These are commandments. And so to be a follower of Jesus is to be a sacramental person. But my ultimate aim and prayer for this series is that we would all get excited and we would encounter grace in a new way. I really mean it when I say that sharing in communion in church is one of the highlights of my life. And I really mean it when I say that the fact of my baptism, I don't remember it, but the fact that it happened, it shapes my identity and my understanding of myself more than my gender or my nationality does. I hope and pray that we as a whole church can get excited and savor and appreciate these uh, tokens, these signs of grace that we have been given. So that's what I hope to do with this series. But before we go on to think about baptism in particular or communion, Scripture tells us that we live in a world that is sacramental. So as we heard Psalm 104 read, we see that God actually is at work and somehow related in all these wonderful things that we see in nature. God makes hearts glad through wine. He makes faces beautiful through oil. And he strengthens bodies through bread. Psalm 19, you may know, says, The heavens declare the glory of God. They have no speech, they use no words, yet their voice is heard. And so the Bible sees the natural world as almost a window. It's through the natural world that you can see God. That through the beauty of the world, you can perceive the beauty of God. Through the goodness of the world, you can experience the goodness of God. But it's not just in creation. And even if you don't believe in creation or you don't believe in a creator, human society and relationships, they are sacramental. They are windows. There are tons of physical things that convey invisible realities. We don't do it so much anymore since COVID came, but think about the handshake, right? If you meet someone and you grab their hand, you wouldn't say it's just two hands coming into contact with each other. No, by the actual act of shaking someone's hand, you convey the invisible reality that it's a pleasure to meet them. On the other hand, go back a few years ago when Scott Morrison was still prime minister and he visited those small towns devastated by the bushfires. Remember how he tried to shake the hand of that young woman and she drew back? Imagine if aliens came to Earth and, you know, they asked you, what was that all about? You wouldn't say, well, she just didn't want to, you know, make contact with hands. No, you'd explain, refusing to shake someone's hand, it actually conveys the invisible reality that you disapprove of them or you have disdain for them or whatever we would want to say. As common and mundane as a handshake is, it's a sacramental action. So when we come to think about baptism and communion, we first have to zoom back and think about the type of world we live in. 
We live in creation that can point to invisible and hidden realities. And there are lots of physical actions and gestures and objects that also can convey spiritual realities. And once you start seeing the world like this, you start to see the Bible open up in a whole new way. You see that God loves his creation and uses all sorts within it for his spiritual purposes. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were given eternal life by eating fruit from the tree of life. God didn't undo the curse of sin by just snapping a finger, but he chose to do it through a family and through procreation, through Abraham and his offspring. And then those same descendants of Abraham, they were freed from death and from slavery by eating a lamb in Egypt. And we all know this story of God and his saving of the world, his rescue of the world, it climaxes with Jesus, who in a sense is the ultimate sacrament. Jesus is, of course, the Son of God who always existed and who made all things but become a human being. Paul says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the union of the visible and the invisible, of the natural and the supernatural, of matter and spirit. And it is through this God-man, Jesus, fully human and fully divine, that we are saved. Again, God didn't just snap a finger to rescue us. He didn't just drop an, an, an encyclopedia from heaven with all the right beliefs and behaviors for you to follow. No, he gave us Jesus. And obviously, Jesus has gone to heaven to be seated on the throne over all things, and he is gone. But on earth, we still do have water, bread, and wine. And this is why Jesus gave us the sacraments. They are the physical and tangible things that unite us to him, still today in 2023. Sunshine and the beauty of nature and wine and cheese and a steak, they can reveal to you that God is good and life is good, but it's only the water of baptism, it's only the bread and wine of communion that can reveal your sins are forgiven and you are adopted as a beloved child of God. I'm slowly going to wrap up now, but the big idea today that I want to convey is that the sacraments actually do something. God works in and through them to convey his grace and make it real to you. I wouldn't be surprised if many here grew up in churches where this is maybe a new idea. I think the most common view today is that the sacraments are just sim symbolic things where if you get baptized, really the main thing is you making a personal declaration of faith, and the water is just symbolic of that. Or maybe when you have communion, the main thing is about you coming forward and remembering Jesus died for me, and then the, the, the bread and the wine just sort of helps you have that thought. On this view, the emphasis is on what you do in your mind and with your thinking. 
But I want to flow to you today and for the next few weeks that this is just the beginning. This is just a small part of what goes on. God himself actually does something through the sacraments. As we heard, the physical world and the whole world around us, it can convey and transfer or transmit invisible realities. And it is especially so with baptism and communion. And I think the world and life is just more exciting if we start to realize this, that we can encounter God, do something through eating, through experiencing the sensation of water, through um, enjoying the things of creation, that following Jesus is not just having certain beliefs in your head or having certain thoughts at certain times, but it's actually encountering him through the world that he has made. And so to finish, I, I opened with the story of Mary Carr, and I want to close with it again. It's such a good example of what a sacrament is. Remember, she despaired even of life and was at the end of herself. But in her words, it's when you sink your teeth into the plum that you make a promise. Never again will you lay a hand against yourself. Not so long as there are plums to eat and somebody, anybody who cares enough to hold them to you. You don't earn it, it's given. All of us hunger and thirst and search for this certain and undying love. We all want someone to care for us and we all want to know that we go through life not being worthless or invisible. And this is why the gospel is such good news for us. Because we have this available to us in Christ. That we are not loved not because of the right things we believe or because we behave or dress or act in certain ways or do all the right things. But we are loved simply because God chooses to love us. And just like Mary's father's love became real to her in eating a plum, so God's unconditional love can become real to you when you remember the fact that you are baptized and when you come to eat and to drink at the table of Jesus. The sacraments are grace that you can see. Baptism gives you entrance into this grace once and for all, and communion is the meal where you can be refreshed and nourished and relish and savor it with your very stomach. So the sacraments are grace, you can see, given to us by Jesus. And as you come to receive, just enjoy that grace that, you, that he gives you freely. Amen.